to the Tin Lounge. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fam with Intention. And I'm Corinne, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journeys Travel Company. Today, we are incredibly excited to welcome our good friend, Kelly Predmeski. She's with Swan Hellenic and... Every conversation with Kelly that you have, if you haven't spoken to her before, um, every conversation that you have with Kelly is bound to give you new ideas. She is Mm -hmm. so smart. And our topic of conversation is about expedition cruising. Swan Hellenic is a newer name in the industry for expedition cruising, but my goodness, it looks like they've been doing it for decades because the experience is incredible. And of course, we talk about my trip to Antarctica. (laughs) Finally, I finally Finally. got to hear the deets. Uh, If you do not walk away from hearing Kelly speak, uh, inspired to bring this type of product to your client's attention, I will be shocked because (laughs) she just is so good at pointing out the different ways. And I don't know, she's just really good with words and ideas and concepts. And it, it, like, I'm ready to go do a whole you know, camp email campaign with my clients on why these yeah. experiences should 100%, be in their future. Yes. Yeah. And so what you can look forward to in this episode is some thoughts on my experience on the seventh continent and also <laughs> some ideas if you are not currently selling expedition cruises and you are wanting to get into selling that product. And if you have luxury clients or not, I mean, this episode will give you a bunch of different ideas on how you can start, where you need to go in order to get more information, as well as how to reach Kelly to be connected, uh, whether she's your sales director or you have another sales director. Um, But can't wait to get started on this. Yep. And before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Toby AI and Voyager websites. Visit voyagersocial.ai to take Toby for a walk. Hey there, Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us on our episode today of the Tin Lounge. And I am crazy excited for you to join us because I have yet to share my Antarctica experience. Yes. Even <laughs> I'm waiting. I can't <laughs> wait to hear it. I'm so excited to be back on the Tin Lounge. <laughs> yes. And right now you are with uh, Swan Hellenic, which is an expedition cruise line. And we will go more into what that experience is and what it's like on Swan. But my goodness, I remember when I came back from Antarctica and Kareen was like, tell me everything. And I'm like, no, we're waiting for Kelly to come on. <laughs> We're keeping it pure. So any surprise you hear from me, any delight is true and genuine because I have not heard the story yet. (laughs) So if you have been following me on social, you know that I was in Antarctica uh, end of January and it was such a perfect time because the chicks have hatched like penguin chicks have hatched. They have their down on them. The floof, exactly. And um, some of them have started to actually lose their down. And I learned that different areas of Antarctica will see different levels of development with the penguin chicks because of the way the temperature differs from area to area. And when I tell you that some of these chicks 
the way their down has fallen, I could not stop laughing. Like it looked like they had mullets. It looked like they had bowl cuts. It was so, so hilarious. Um, but what an incredible destination. I, you know, as I'm standing there on the balcony, I'm looking out and I'm like, how do I even tell people about this? Like, what, <laughs> what do I even say? Um, and I, I'm not sure, like, Corrine, as you're looking at my social posts, like, what were your thoughts seeing those things? Well, being that I already know that pictures don't do it justice and your pictures were so utterly spectacular looking at that water and the ice and just, I was like, I just said before we started recording that seeing the penguins, it's definitely really hit me in the FOMO guts. <laughs> like I was like, oh, it could have been me. <laughs> Except it couldn't because my schedule wouldn't cooperate. But um, it just, you could just see the magic. Like, and and I was so excited for you because now you've hit all of the continents. Yeah. That yeah. wouldn't have done it for me, actually. But like, <laughs> talk about saving the best for last in terms of just absolute, like, majestic nature, right? Yeah, so- and... I would say like one of the things I was nervous about going into expedition cruising is we've talked about like the three of us, how we are outsidey. We're not outdoorsy. Like we like (laughs) to be outside. You know, Mm -hmm. I love having like coffee on the patio and people watching, but if you want me to hike and go camp, no, thank you. Like I might hike with you for a little bit, but I'm going home. I'm not camping. So like one thing I was super nervous about was like, oh my goodness, am I going to be able to enjoy this experience because I am not an outdoorsy person at all? But it's not even just outdoorsy because it's like, you know, I'm like, we're like young, reasonably fit people. It's like, can I even do this? Yes. It's not even about like, like, is this for me? Like, and I think like just, if people like you and I can go on an expedition to Antarctica, like anyone can go to Antarctica. Exactly. And I feel like people might look at us and be like, oh my gosh, they're still young. They're still fit. Listen, yeah. listen here. Uh, my joints creak and people who are older than me, they're, they're going to laugh. They're like, you're just going to, it's just going to get better from here. <laughs> Sarcastically. But you know, I'm not particularly active. I walk my dog. I don't do CrossFit. You know, I'm not rock climbing or any of these things. So part of me was super nervous about that. Like, am I going to be huffing and puffing and like Mm -hmm. having to hide the fact that I'm almost dying, you know, climbing up a hill, but it wasn't like that at all. And I saw guests from all walks of life, all sizes, all heights, all different um, activity levels. They were all able to enjoy this experience. Quick question. Because I went on an expedition cruise with Scenic in the Sea of Cortez, and there was a day that I was holding on to that Zodiac for my life. <laughs> I feel like I could have so easily bounced out of that thing. How was that part? Did they make sure it was relatively smooth, or did you have to hold that rope with white knuckles? <laughs> it was smooth um, because the water was also very smooth. If the water was too choppy, we would not go out. And in the beginning... I was holding onto the rope because I did not know what to expect. And I'm like, I do not want to get 
popped off the Zodiac into this water because I would be like, bye. And I'd be like, Jack and the Titanic, I'm just going to sink. Like, don't even try to save me. Um, <laughs> I was holding on for dear life because of that. All the Zodiac drivers were so skilled. They were able to maneuver things so smoothly. There was a point where I'm like, Gustav, listen, let's do donuts. Let's do donuts. And he just laughed because we're not doing donuts. But it was really smooth. It was really pleasant. And when you're out there, they even teach you like different ways of being able to view wildlife. You know, if we get here, the best way to get photos is here. You can stand up during this time. Um, if we're looking at a whale or something, or there's a penguin or a seal, people in the front kind of kneel down on the ground, people in the back can stand up and see. And so we did get really great instructions. They did such an amazing job walking us through different scenarios and making sure we made the most of it. There was this one time, one of the very first times we went out there, and I was sitting next to Gio, who came with me, and we were looking at something. And so we were in the front row. Uh, so we were just like trying to kneel to be considerate. And so he was one of the first ones to kneel. And the lady who was sitting across from us, she was like, Oh my God, I thought you were proposing. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It was like, oh, it was so funny, but, um, you know, everyone was so considerate. And when you're there, everyone's on the same page because you're there for a specific purpose. You're there to experience this amazing destination and to try and see wildlife. So Teresa, did not you, have fall off the us, you have to tell us, I already know a secret story, Corinne, but you have <laughs> to tell us about the everything everywhere all at once moment. Oh my goodness. Yes. This one evening, and I do want to say that expedition cruising is not going to be a relaxing cruise. You are out and about as much as possible. And the high price tag that goes with expedition cruising is so you can see and do as much as possible. Like it's a completely different experience than, you know, a seven night sailing on the Caribbean where you're just relaxing. You are getting your money's worth going here. And so um, if we, if it was possible, we would do an evening operation and, um, operations include things like Zodiac cruises and landings. And that's the term they use for that. So we would do one in the morning, one in the afternoon if possible. Um, but sometimes we would have an opportunity to go in the evening and in the evening it's after dinner. And so the sun doesn't set in Antarctica until I was like 11, 1130 during the summertime. And so dinner is over, you're gearing up at, I would say like nine o'clock at night, getting ready to go out. And the lighting is just so magical at that time. Sunset, the pinks, and it's just reflecting off of the snow on the mountains, it's reflecting off the ice and the glaciers. And so you're taking the Zodiac out, it is so quiet. And once in a while, you'll hear a sound and you are like, oh my God, it's a whale. So everyone's trying to look for the whale and we would find whales. And most of the time they would be humpback whales feeding. They would do this really unique um, method of feeding where they blow air bubbles in a circle and it would just bring the krill and the fish to the top. And they would just like chomp down at the surface of the water. And just to be there and seeing that was so magical. And this one night we had, we saw that we were looking at the whale then out of nowhere, this leopard seal swims around the corner of this piece of ice. And it's just like trying to check us out. Um, it wasn't hunting. So it was in its curious kind of uh, phase, just trying to see what we were doing. And we heard, I mean, we learned that seeing something like that and having 
a leopard seal, you know, try and, you know, see what we're up to. It's super rare. Most of the time you're seeing them laying down on the ice, taking a nap after they've just eaten a penguin or something. But like, this was like swimming around, looking at us. So we have the whales in the distance. We have a leopard seal right here on the far ice. We have uh, Adeli penguins just like, you know, shaking off their, you know, feathers and stuff from swimming and flapping and they're doing the little waddles. So like, I'm already very overwhelmed in a good way with all this wildlife. A bird flies overhead. And as we're looking at all of this, all of a sudden behind us, I hear the loudest like thunder crack sound. And we turn around, there was this huge piece of ocean ice that just cracked in half. And it was just separating and just drifting out into the water and everything all at one time. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, this is like everything everywhere all at once. This is, this is that moment. And the thing about expedition cruising is that these moments are not planned. You have to really go into the experience with the mindset of flexibility because weather could change at any time. Um, you know, sometimes it's not safe to make certain landings. Sometimes it's not safe to port at a certain place. And so you really have to keep that flexible mindset, um, you know, in mind because you will have an itinerary change. Like that is just something that's going to happen. And once you're flexible and you're open-minded and Kelly and I were talking about this, it forces you to be present because you have no expectations, right? You're just there present. And that's what makes it even more magical is when those moments just come together for just the most perfect, perfect experience. Yeah. I agree. I, I think like I realized when I was doing my expeditions, like you have to change your mindset. You have to let go of this idea of there being an itinerary or certain places you're going to see. There are no guarantees in expedition. And as soon as you let go of like that control and you're open to the adventure, you realize how much magic can happen. Like if you just let it unfold right in front of your eyes. My expedition cruise was not very eventful. <laughs> there was a lot of downtime. Now, the times that we did go out, uh, it was pretty amazing to see the sea lions and stuff like that and the nature and the blue-footed boobies. And But overall, the weather was not cooperating. So I think, you know, in terms of just like setting expectations for our clients, we have to encourage them of the let go. This is truly an adventure and it's going to unfold on its own. And you need to be flexible because if there's an issue with safety due to weather or what have you, you know, there's no, nobody can control that. That's outside of everyone's control. But know that this team is going to find the best opportunities and make sure that you get to take advantage of everything possible. Well, I think that's also where the actual hardware comes into play because the weather is out of our control and we're going to places where that are notorious for weather changing quickly. So like along with going with the flow, 
It's how is the expedition operator going to handle that onboard time? And the sh- some people will say, well, the ship doesn't matter. It does matter because if you're on it a lot, it matters. And I think, I mean, Teresa, what was your experience like on board with Swan Hellenic in that way? It was absolutely incredible in the fact that there was always something scheduled uh, and something available for you to do if you were looking for something to do. I'm speaking specifically about the Drake Passage, for example. You are going to have days at sea because of the Drake Passage. And so they filled it with some amazing lectures. And of course, you go on vacation, people are like, I don't want to listen to lectures. However, when you're going on expedition to Antarctica, that will really open up your experience even more because you know what it is that you are looking at. And so the crew, I almost said cast and crew, like it's a movie set because it felt like I was in a movie. Um, The crew on board and the expedition team, there were some amazing experts on board. We had a marine biologist, an an ornithologist, um, historian, people who just knew their stuff. And they taught us so much about what we were seeing or what we were about to see. And just the crew too, the staff, they were so wonderful, so nice, so accommodating of everyone. And I joked with Kareem before, because I don't remember what you were on Kareem, where you said, you know, every morning you would go somewhere and you'd be greeted by your name. And I was just like, you know, I don't know if I would like that because I just don't want people talking to me all the time. Um, I just want anonymity, just like, you know, I, I will be nice and say hello, but like, please let me have my my space. But you know what? It was actually kind of nice. It was actually kind of nice. Every morning they're like, good morning, Madam Teresa. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is the kind of, uh, this way, this is the way I deserve to be addressed, I guess. It was Madam the way Teresa. you were meant to live. Yes. <laughs> All the spaces were beautiful. Um, of course, as a gym, if you want to go and work out, I had all the plans of going to the gym during the days at sea, um, did not get a chance to, I had all the plans of going to the gym during our days in Antarctica. I'm like, Oh, in between operations, I'll go. There was no time. Um, you are relaxing. You are trying to just catch a breath after your operation and grabbing some food and the food was delicious. So the onboard experience was something where it's like expedition cruising, but it's not rustic. And the funny thing is when I um, asked you if you could come with me on this trip and like, it's an expedition cruise to Antarctica. uh, Do you want to come with me? And he said, yes. And so the weeks leading up to the trip, he was like, man, I'm just so curious what the ship looks like. I'm just so curious what the what the experience is going to be on board. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I just, you know, I heard it, but I didn't really hear it. And I just assumed he knew what he was getting himself into. And so as I'm prepping for the trip a few days prior to actually leaving, I show him a video of Swan Hellenic and the actual ship. And I'm like, here, why don't you come and see? I just realized now you have no idea what's what's happening. I play the video and he's like, oh my gosh, so it's like an actual cruise ship. And I'm like, yes. And we're watching the dining room and the servers and their like coats and the gloves and the tie. And he's like, oh, it's like a regular cruise. And I'm like, 
Yes. Like, what did you think it was going to be? And he like said, a, like a naval battleship. <laughs> he thought, this is his words, he thought it was like the deadliest catch, but fancier. <laughs> yes, yeah, Swamp Hellenic is a, a, quite a step up from the deadliest. Yes, catch. I was like, honey, I am so sorry this entire time. Like, that's what you were picturing in your head. But the laundry also, because packing is such a big deal. Like, People who are carry-on only, not me, but Corrine, people who have, you know, base layers to bring, you have the wool socks, you have all of this stuff to bring with you, having that laundry included, the self-laundry is included. You don't even have to measure out the laundry detergent. There's like stuff on the wall that measures it out for you um, and deposits it into the machine by itself automatically based on what cycle you choose. Like... I need that in my life, please. Thank you. Um, but that was super helpful because we could just do laundry partway through the trip and not have to bring so much stuff with us. Yeah, there was a few days I had to, I sat in the front of the Zodiac and just got completely dumped on with water. And it was so great to be able to dry my gear before going out for round two in the afternoon. Like that was clutch. <laughs> yeah, and speaking about gear, um, you know, if you are going on expedition or your clients are, and you've never been your BDM, like Kelly was such a great resource for me to ask because she's been, and I asked her, you know, what did you wish you had? What did you wish you didn't bring things like that? And, um, you were super helpful, Kelly, with helping, helping me, a Florida girl, um, (laughs) figure out what it is I had to bring with me. And, um, so Hellenic does provide this amazing parka. There is a puffy jacket attached to a rain jacket and you can separate those two things out. So if you were just hanging out on the ship and you wanted a little puffy jacket, just unzip it from the rain jacket and there you have a puffy jacket. And so um, it was more than enough based on like I had a base layer, I had a fleece and then I had the parka. Mm-hmm perfect amount for Antarctica and the gloves as well. So um, they also provided these rubber boots for you to go on landings and go on your Zodiac cruise. And so footwear wise, you didn't have to worry about things that were Antarctica appropriate. Those were provided for you with Swan Hellenic. And then the footwear just on board um, was just your regular, what you would normally just wear. Yeah. Yeah, no, we also, I like that we provide walking sticks. Like, you really just have to bring the layers, and we take care of the big stuff. I think Mm -hmm. that the biggest thing our guests have to bring are waterproof pants. That's, like, the most key uh, element. But really, it's all about the the wool, lightweight wool merino layers. And and it's great because the ship is so informal. It's so casual. So you don't need to bring a ton of outfit. I mean, even when I go on board hosting fans, I'm pretty much wearing my, my Antarctica gear all day long and you don't need a ton of outfits. It's super casual on board, even to dinner. I mean, I'm sure you could wear jeans and a sweater. It's it's, there's no formal dress codes or anything like that. Right. Yeah. That's what I really liked about it too, because you are gearing up and taking off gear at least twice a day. So the last thing I wanted to do was get dressed for dinner. I mean, you don't show up in a bathing suit, obviously, but I just changed my pants and just kept my, you know, base layer top and a fleece jacket. And I went to dinner like that. And you gave 
a really great point, Kelly, with always being ready to run outside the ship in case they (laughs) see any wildlife, because that is exactly what happened one night. We were at dinner and we saw some whales. This was early on when we were in Antarctica. So like every whale you see, you're like, I'm going to go and look, even if it's a humpback, because at the end you're like, oh, it's a humpback. Cool. But I'm not running outside for this. But it was in the beginning. And Zooming in to the whale, you would have thought it was an orca because of the coloration on the whale. So someone yelled, oh my God, it's an orca. Everyone gets up from their seats at dinner in the dining room. We run outside and we're watching these whales. And it was actually a humpback whale that was that had a huge swatch of white on it, which is so rare for coloration on a humpback whale. And so that stuff does happen. And we weren't ready because I was like, Kelly said, be ready. Um, but that's something too, um, in terms of the level of casualness on board and for your, um, for whatever clothes you decide to wear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think for me, like what I like, because, you know, this past year was also my first time I got to go on three different expeditions. And what I love so much is because I I, like you, I'm like a traveler's traveler. Like I want the the total immersion. And with an expedition like Swan Hellenic, like you get that adventure, like you get that adventurous component and you get that like super casual vibe on board because that's how I'm like like to travel that way as well. But I also really like nice things. <laughs> and, and that's where Swan Hellenic, I feel like really does such an amazing job is we really married those two elements, like the element of a real adventure and real immersion and the learning part with all the access to these incredible scientists on board. But having an amazing stateroom that has an electric artificial fireplace that crackles and having access to a full service spa and a really nice fitness center. And it's just, it is luxury, but it's like completely unpretentious. And I feel like that speaks to so many people these days and how they like to travel. I completely agree. And I remember thinking on board, I, you know, after most of the crews had finished and I'm there, you know, reflecting as we're crossing the Drake Passage to go back, I felt like it was such an authentic experience. And authentic is used so much, but I feel like that is a true, true word to describe this. And there are so many different options when it comes to going on expedition in Antarctica. You have everything from your, you know, your research vessel to, you know, like something super, super like ultra luxury, but I don't feel like you get that level of immersion with all of the different experiences. But on Swan, it was the perfect melding of everything that I like, everything that you said, Kelly, and described, it was that I want to learn I want to have adventure, but I also want to be cozy and warm and comfortable. I don't want to have to rough it to have adventure. Yeah, you know, I think like the design of the ship, because the ships were built in Helsinki Shipyard, which is known for building some of the best icebreakers in the world, but it also influenced the look and feel on board with the Scandi Chic contemporary feel. 
And so with how they design the ships, it's all neutral colors with pops of warm and a lot of wood and metal. And I like to describe it as you feel, you literally feel at home on board. It's like the observation lounge is like your living room where you get to go be at home when you're back on board with all your friends and hanging out and having a cocktail after dinner. Like that's your like being in your living room and it's luxury, but so much luxury these days is very like moody feeling and you don't have that feeling. You feel completely at home. On board it swimming. sounds like that uh, that term that looks like Higgy but is pronounced Huga, that Scandinavian term that's like cozy yes. and warm and simple. That is a hundred percent what it feels like, Corrine. And I didn't even think of that word on board, which I am Huga. <laughs> just in case you guys want to look it up, it's H-U-G-G-E. Um, H-Y-G-G-E. H-Y-G-G-E. I really would prefer it's to huge. say Higgy because Higgy is a lot more fun. But. Let's get Higgy with it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It doesn't sound as cozy. But it's true that the observation lounge felt like a living room. And there are 24-7 cookies, um, which is great. And speaking of the guests on board and what kind of guests were sailing on this, I honestly thought that I would be one of the youngest people on board and I'm 35 and not the youngest, but not the oldest. I just thought I was going to be the youngest on an experience like this. They typically, in my mind anyway, it typically feels like it would run older in terms of age. However, I met some amazing, amazing new friends our age and they were like mid thirties, early forties. They were from England. And it was just like, how did we get so lucky that we had this, you know, this makeup here, but it's one of those experiences where even if you went by yourself or you went with just one other person, you would make friends so quickly because, and we talked about this Kelly prior to this recording, you're in a Zodiac together and you see a humpback whale, or you see a swimming leopard seal, you are bonded with that experience. Like it's just an environment where it's so easy to make new friends. Yeah. And I will say it's, it's when I went on board too, it just shows you just like you a glimpse into who expedition is for, right? Because we have everywhere from eight years old to this is extraordinary. You guys in December, we had a 97 year old uh, gentleman touch Antarctica with Juan Hellenic. And you'll see everyone in between on board. I think a lot of people, and it is like the bulk of the demographic is 50 to 70 years old, but there is a very strong subset of young professionals in their 30s and 40s on board. And that's that's couples, that's friends traveling together, a lot of solo travelers. I mean, the solo female travelers over 50 is an exploding demographic in the mm-hmm. whole travel industry, yep. but perfect for expedition, like specifically for expedition, because normally they want a real authentic, immersive experience. And when you're trying to go more to off the beaten path places, like expedition is a way that you can have that Mm -hmm. experience, but also in a safe way, traveling to remote places by yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, On, on the sailing I was on just based on what I saw and the people I interacted with, there were four solo female travelers. mm -hmm. Two of them were in their Mm forties and two of them were in their thirties. Yep. 
traveling on their own, just wanting adventure and not waiting for someone else to travel with them. They're like, Solo we're going. YOLO, baby. Exactly. And we <laughs> all became such great friends. And there were some um, gentlemen who were traveling solo too. Two guys traveling on their own. Solo travelers in their 30s. Like it was just, uh, it was eye-opening for me because everything that I thought I knew about expedition, it was I don't know. I feel like I was wrong <laughs> because I felt like I had this idea of what it was. And then going there, uh, it just changed my perception of the experience. Yeah. I think like to add on to, to this part of the conversation, I think one of the things that Swan Hellenic is doing differently is we're not just limiting ourselves to the polar regions. We're applying this expedition, this way of exploration to so many different parts around the world. So we're so much more than just Antarctica or the Arctic and polar expeditions. It's providing people really immersive experiences that are focused on the exploration of destinations and the enrichment and learning. And we do that all over the world from going up the coast of South and Central America to touching every single coast of Africa to even going to more classic destinations throughout Europe like um, Sicily and the Greek islands or Iceland or Ireland and Scotland, but adding this this added element of complete immersion and education while going to these places. And because our ships are so small, having less than 200 people on board, we're going, we're giving you access to places that would be so much harder to get to any other way. That intimate feeling is what I really loved about the experience along with all the education that came along with Mm -hmm. um, the sailing itself, because yeah, you go to Antarctica and it's, you know, you know, penguins, whales, seals, but to be able to learn more in depth about what we're seeing, what we're experiencing, just added another layer of, oh my God, I can't believe I'm seeing this and I'm doing this. And one thing they said on board that was super interesting about Antarctica was that, you know, the explorers that came, you know, within the past centuries, like Shackleton, for example, or John, I think it was James Cook who came, like they were truly explorers. Like these areas were truly undiscovered. No other, um, you know, you didn't have indigenous Antarcticans, right? Like no one lives, no one lives in Antarctica. So they were truly discovering this. And I think, feel like going there you you do feel the same sense of adventure even if you are on like a luxury ship that sense of adventure like oh my god I cannot believe like I'm one of a small percentage of people who's able to see this who 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 stepped foot on this continent and and this is actually the message, if, if people want to sell more luxury and more expeditions, this is actually the message you need to be using to bridge your current clients to to luxury and to this type of travel, because it's not about pushing deals or promotions when you're telling this selling this type of product. It's about the emotion and it's about you being the travel expert to paint the picture for your clients on what is actually possible that they never even considered before. And so it's, and and you have to understand that your clients are most likely not going to call you up or send you an email to request this because they don't really understand that they can travel this way. So 
It's about putting this information and educating your clients on, you never thought of this, but I'm here to tell you, you need to do this. <laughs> like, And it's, it's actually the luxury comes with, like you said, less than 1% of people will ever touch Antarctica. Like, and I like to paint, use Paris as an example, like 33 million tourists visit Paris every single year. Like 75,000 people visit Antarctica a year. So the question isn't like, how much does this trip cost? It's do you want to touch this place that few people in history will ever go? And on that note, do you have any recommendations or a place people can go to find material to put this in front of their clients? Are there any resources or? Well, first, the best place for Swan Hellenic that you can go is to join our agent Facebook community, because this is our very engaged community of that myself and my colleague Eric and Rolf run. And so this is where we're posting all of the sales content, the product content, any marketing collateral that comes out, the videos. And uh, we share, often share, we have links to image and video galleries for marketing purposes. But I think um, that's the best place to go. That's a super engaged community that, that we're interacting with every day. Yeah, I see that you post a lot of really great things that we can use to share because you made a really good point that your clients can't ask for something they don't know exists. Yeah. And it's our job to inspire them and show them what is possible. So I hope everyone will go and join that Facebook page so they yeah. can. So Swan Hellenic North America Travel Advisors. That's the, the name of the group. Great. The feeling of being able to go to places that you know, tens of millions of people have not gone to is indescribable. It's, you know, when we're talking about wildlife, for example, um, there are very strict rules in Antarctica about what tour operators can and can't do. You know, staying a certain distance away from penguins, seals, whales, glaciers, um, and the experience in that destination reflects the result of people following those rules because these animals are not afraid to just live their lives even when humans are present. And I know this is the case for things like the Galapagos as well, but in, in Antarctica, it's just on a completely different scale. Like we, when we were doing the polar plunge, we had to stop the plunge for a little bit because a humpback whale had come within 15 feet of where they were doing the polar plunge, just wanting to figure out like, what's going on? Like, why are people jumping? And why do I hear this incredible music? And, you know, it was because it's Pitbull. Um, but <laughs> the humpback whale came up so close to the ship. And, you know, our expedition leader just said, this is just a result of what happens when you have rules in place to protect the integrity of Antarctica is you have these incredible encounters. Yeah. And after stepping foot on my seventh continent and seeing all those, um, all those animals, having all those landings, all those experiences, I'm like, listen, I'll go back home. No one can tell me anything. Like <laughs> my level of confidence is sky high right now. Like 
our neighbors don't even know how cool we are. Like I'm sitting in my house and I'm like, does Debbie across the street know how cool her neighbor is? No, she doesn't. <laughs> as, as I as I told Teresa, she has entered her expedition era. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And when Kelly said that, I'm just like, Kelly, thank you so much. I've been trying to figure out a way to exploit Taylor Swift. And that is the perfect wording that I'm going to use. I'm entering my expedition era. And come and join me. <clears throat> love it. So for advisors who are now entering or want to enter their expedition era, what would you say would be a good first step for them in Mm. learning more about the experience and also learning more about Swan Hellenic aside from, you know, the Facebook groups is great and going on their website, you know, are, are BDMs available to, uh, I guess educate them on what they can offer, things like that. What would your what would your recommendation be? Yeah, I mean, my colleague Eric and I are your two main sales directors. I cover the East Coast, and he covers the West Coast. We also have a director of groups, Rolf Logan, um, and we're your biggest support. Like we are your go to person for all of your needs. Um, if you haven't, we did an entire wave season webinar series, the Beyond Ordinary Wave webinar series. We've actually hosted six different webinars since the end of January. We're rounding it out tonight. We actually have a groups webinar on the 20th, and I'm doing a, a journey to, through the Arctic at the end of the month, February 27th. So all of those uh, webinars we have recorded recently, they're all recorded. So we have some recent trainings we can hook you up with. We, we're always happy to hop on the phone with you as well. Um, I think that advisors who want to start selling expedition, once they kind of have a grasp of like who is Swan Hellenic, it's like, first, you have to think of, as I mentioned, people are not going to be calling you, asking you for an expedition. So you kind of have to have a framework of like, what are you looking out for? And who, when your customers call you, like, what is the profile of an expedition traveler that you want to look out for? And we're not looking for cruisers per se, right? Because this is not about being on a cruise. This is a whole different animal. This is about being an explorer. It's about learning. um, And it's about adventure. And so I think the biggest category you really want to look at is all these FIT customers that you're meticulously planning trips for because they think that's the only way they can get an authentic experience. And this is a win-win because your customer is going to have an incredible experience. And it's good for your business because you're probably going to make more revenue, but also cut down on the amount of time that you're, it takes to plan such an intricate trip. And, and that is really the person you want to get on expedition that could change your business. Um, and also, let's not forget the satisfaction rating on yeah, no, like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, they're going to love it. It's going to be, gonna be seamless. consistent and seamless and um, easier and convenient. Um, for them. But then there's also like some other low hanging fruit is like who in your database is an expedition traveler. Maybe if you have customers who have already done two or three river cruises, well, what's next? What is 
what because you want your client to go on a journey with you right over like 10 or 20 years or however long they're you don't want them to stay booking the same thing for 10 years you want them to grow with you in your business and you can proactively take them on that journey growing them more and more outside their comfort zone growing the amount of money that they're spending with you and so who can you identify I think River Cruise customers is a great starting point because there's only so many rivers in the world. What's next if you've already done two or three river cruises? What is the next evolution for that client? And I think cultural expedition cruising is fantastic. Go on one of our expeditions to Europe or in Latin America or uh, in East Africa. Go to the Seychelles or uh, South Africa this way. Maybe they're not quite ready for a polar expedition yet. So that's like a great entry point as they get more and more adventurous. I think people who have done safaris in the past, that's that's an ex- expedition traveler. They want to be in it. They want to be up close and personal with the wildlife. Um, and then and then you can actually think of, well, who who can I create synergies with in your own community that fit expedition? Maybe there's local zoos who have travel programs. Maybe there's like um, a curator for a local zoo that is kind of like a Pied Piper that could host a wildlife group um, for that zoo, for members of that zoo. Maybe you want to leverage one of the partnerships that Swan Hellenic has with its culinary departure. We have a culinary partnership with a European chef group called Junus Restaurateurs. So it's kind of like a collective of the like most best trending chefs of the moment in Europe. And then altogether, they have about 180 Michelin stars between them. So we have 10 different departures in 2024 with a guest chef from Junus Restaurateur that is a high profile chef in Europe that owns a restaurant and they'll be doing a whole gala night. They'll do cooking demonstrations, culinary excursions. So how can you put together a food and wine group on an expedition cruise? Um, we have a partnership with the SETI Institute, which is really cool. SETI stands for Search for Extraterrestrial Life and Intelligence, and it's affiliated with NASA. So it's a really big deal. These are like the top scientists in the world uh, studying outer space and human life and astrophysics. And we have SETI scientists as guest lecturers. So where can you find that crowd in your community. Do you have a local planetarium or a local natural history museum where you can tie these themes together? Um, And then last, we actually have a wellness partnership with Chopra, which is a really big deal founded by Deepak Chopra. I mean, probably the leading wellness professional in the world um, where we've created a series of explore and restore sailings with a Chopra coach on board. I believe there's about 10 Chopra coaches in the world and they Chopra is going to be exclusively hosting their retreats on Swan Hellenic for the next three years. So when you choose one of the Explore and Restore sailings, you can choose to have the Chopra inclusions, which is going to be special access to yoga workshops, meditation workshops, self-reflection workshops, special dietary options, and with a wellness leader on board these expeditions. So, I mean, that's an easy one. Where in your community can you go? Local yoga uh, yoga studios, like they normally have huge social media followings and they, they're always looking to uh, host their own retreats, which are actually really difficult to coordinate all of that on land when we are making it very easy for you to do that. Reiki healers, 
med spas. Like these are all places you can go to leverage our partnerships and grow your affinity groups business. I know one of the ways that I really learned what expedition cruising was, was to actually go and experience it myself. And I know Swan Hellenic does have a travel advisor program, correct, Kelly, for travel advisors to go on cruising cruises? We do. We do for luxury advisors with a demonstrated history of selling luxury or Mm -hmm. for our preferred partners. It's all subject to approval. Great. And so if this is something that you want to graduate your clients to, reach out to your BDMs and, you know, provide them with like a marketing plan, a business plan, and let them know that that is something that you're interested in because it that's part of the education is mm-hmm. to be able to see for yourself too. And I think the experience that I was able to have was just mind blowing to me. And it was really life-changing. It wasn't just something that could change my business, which it will, but personally too, it was really life-changing. Yeah. It's it's crazy because we've all been working in travel for a, quite some time. I mean, I'm going on 19 years and I've traveled all over the world. And only last year did I ever get to ever have this feeling that I didn't even know you could have while exactly. you're traveling. Oh like, my goodness. Going yes. out on a Zodiac in all my gear and like holding on to the side and like with a 3000 year old glacier in front of me and like crushing through ice that you can't even see because it's so thin. And just the sound, like, like we talked about this, like you're so present in these moments, like everything is powerful. The silence is powerful. Every noise you hear is powerful. You hear every bird, you hear, you hear every whale blow, like Everything is just so heightened on this type of experience. And you you take these moments home with you. Like you will remember that moment for the rest of your life. And it's hard to actually get this feeling, I think, in any other type of travel. I completely agree. And goosebumps. Yeah. Similar to you, Kelly, <laughs> like having had the privilege of experiencing all different kinds of you know, cultures or going to different countries, you know, doing different activities all around the world, it's hard to find something where you're, you really, it takes your breath away. And it's hard for me to be impressed by anything today because it's like, yeah, I know it sounds a little bit like snobby, but it's like, it's hard to impress now because you've done all these. And I know a lot of travel advisors will feel the same. You get all these opportunities. So then you're like, now what, like what else is there for me to really see? And Antarctica was that place. And like, and I can only imagine like the Arctic as well, even if it's not as like far removed as Antarctica, like going on expedition gives you those opportunities to get out of your comfort zone. And also at the same time, if it makes sense, like feeling comfort in the moment because you don't have a schedule, you are just there. So on one hand, you're like, I'm so far removed from what I know. But on the other hand, like this is something I feel like is just organic and it's where I need to be or where I should be. Seems like we should be marketing this to busy professionals for sure. Like 
make the world stop and just become fully present in a moment that, you know, because you're just doing 700 things at a time all the time, but an experience like this will stop everything in its tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say, I will also add in that, you know, Swan Hellenic is a new name for a lot of people out there, but we're gaining ground very quickly. And the momentum that we're creating with our partners is really exciting and we actually have the highest score on all of Cruise Critic right now out of every expedition wow. reader at a 4.8. So our guests are are saying it all. They're having an incredible time on Swan Hellenic. And I think that speaks volumes about um, where Swan Hellenic is going. And it's just the beginning. Is it okay for us to share your email address for any listener who might want to reach out for oh, more yeah. information or for you to connect yeah. them to their sales director? Yes, please. Kelly.predmeski at swanhellenic.com. Perfect. We'll also add that to our show notes. Uh, so you guys don't have to quickly scribble if you're driving or something. We'll have we'll have in the show notes for you. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so very much for hopping on with us. And I just... I really want as many people as possible to be able to have an experience like this because you truly, and I've said truly so many times during this episode now that I (laughs) think of it, don't do a drinking game on it, but like you really do become a different person after having this. You return home and it's just everything you see is completely different. The things you feel are different. And when you're there, you're just like, I can't believe I live on a planet that has this, like we can go here. Yeah. It, it kind of opened your eyes to like, well, where else have I been wanting to go, but I didn't think I could. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks again thank so you much. Again. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Fun conversation. And guys don't hesitate to reach out to Kelly. If you're not already connected with her, if you couldn't tell by this episode, she is one of the smartest people mm-hmm. I know, you know, her ideas with sales. I mean, there, I'm, I have so many things written down and Corrine's going to judge for me writing down, but I can't in the <laughs> moment type stuff. Um, <laughs> I've had so many things written down just from any conversation that I have with Kelly, because she has so many great ideas. So if this is something that you have been wanting to get into, are curious about and want ideas for marketing on how to sell it to your clients, reach out to Kelly. She is a wealth of information. And if you want to join the Kelly P fan club, you just let us know and we'll put you yeah. on the list. <laughs> Again, we would like to thank Kelly for taking the time from her busy schedule. She's currently on the road for, I don't know how many weeks, and then she's going to go to Europe for you know two back-to-back events. So the fact that she took time out of her schedule to chat with us and give us so many different ideas. Like, I don't know. Like, do you guys agree? Like, yeah. And some goosebumps (laughs) and yeah, she, she has me totally pumped up. And I do want to make sure you guys remember that expedition cruising is not limited to just polar expeditions, Antarctica, you know, Arctic circle, you can be that type of explorer and have that type of experience. I love how she calls it cultural expedition. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yes. she coined that, but you know, that can happen all over the world. It's more like a style of travel 
And I want you to remember that and go learn more and join her Facebook group or their Facebook group, because I feel like a lot of the concepts that they even talk about can cross over into your marketing and other types of travel as well. Mm -hmm. It's just really hits that emotional side of travel. So don't sleep on, on Kelly P. Or Swan Hellenic. Yeah. And speaking about Swan Hellenic, after listening to this episode, do you guys have any questions about working with Swan Hellenic, about what the experience looks like, about what the onboard, um, you know, team looks like? If so, send us a DM, send us an email, and we'll compile it up and bring it together. Get her right back on here. We will bring her right on back. So... (laughs) Please let us know. We would love to hear from you. Uh, You can shoot us a DM on our Instagram account, or you can email us at hello at the timlounge.com. We'll see you next week.